Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have near-death experiencer and quantum healer, Steve Nowak. And in this conversation, Steve talks about his near-death experience, about seeing a being of light that revealed the quantum field and its connection to humanity's healing contained in their divine blueprint. Steve's gifts enable him to stimulate emotional and physical healing from any distance through the quantum field. And Steve's near-death experience is remarkable and inspirational, to say the least. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Stephen Nowak. How are you doing, Steve? How's it going? Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Um, I look forward to sharing some of my experiences with you. And they are unique ones to, to boot, sir. They are, they are, you definitely have walked a, a little bit outside the box path. Uh, as they say. So tell me, before we get to your near-death experiences, what was your life like prior to those? Well, I would say the first one was at four. So, I mean, the whole thing's been pretty rocky up until like the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, at four years old, when I had it, I couldn't fully recall what happened. I knew something else had happened other than, hey, you were hurt, you're fine. But I couldn't, no matter how hard I tried to remember, I couldn't remember what. So I lived generally normal and got that education from the dark you know you're talking addiction you're talking um abandonment and and all the things that just seem to knot up into something i could could not be undone myself put it that way um parents you know broke up mom mom's out at the bar and you're waking up in the middle of the night in the dark and nobody's around so you're crossing the street to go to the neighbors and and just things i guess people would deem neglectful i'm really thankful though that i went through it all because it made me who i am and it made me so that i have this firm knowing that if i can do it you can do it. you know without that i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have done it but yeah a lot of addiction to cope with my emotions the physical pain from the numerous car accidents i had had and gosh just a shell of a man I would say, looking at myself. Wow, man. So, right, so tell me about your first near-death experience when you're four. So I'm four years old, and I'm in a driveway of a neighbor's across the street from my house. My brother's calling to me to come over, getting ready to go to the mall. Big thing. So I shoot down the driveway in between two parked cars, and there's another car coming, which, of course, I can't see. And we collide. I go under the car, my big wheel. Uh, I was on a plastic big wheel um, tricycle that's like 
an solid solid construction solid construction yeah <laughs> great 70s uh memorabilia so i'm on that and i go under the car my big wheel goes under the car the big wheel gets wedged under the back tire which actually saved me what i was told from going under the tire um i remember a blur and then i remember seeing myself it was like a blur and then i'm looking at myself and i see my eyes roll in the back of my head and then everything like a movie sort of fades black and then opens up again and i'm sitting with someone who i think is someone you know i'm leaning to my side sort of like this and i have my head down and i'm feeling someone so i'm like who is this what's going on you know i open my eyes and at the first first time i open my eyes first thing i see is hair and it's hair that's like silver white almost luminescent it, like we don't have colors for it here hard to describe and it's almost touching the ground and i catch a glimpse of the bottom of what i think to be like a bathrobe a robe um and then i turn to see who this is and it's a hooded figure of light that has no face there's only light where the face should be um, they said my name. They said you were in an accident. Everything's going to be all right. And as we're talking, I, I'm realizing, okay, we're not moving our mouths, but we're talking. So part of me is like in the distance trying to figure out what's happening. Part of me is engaging in the conversation. Um, and I'm becoming aware of like a couple little things here or there. And as we're speaking, and they begin to tell me, you have more to do you're you can't go yet as we're speaking i'm being pulled into this being's face and i feel like you know i'm lifting when i think about it i feel like i'm lifting um even now today and what i like it opens up into a picture and what i see in this being's face is what i can only describe as what we would say heaven should look like it was beautiful there were so many colors that we don't have here and the colors were alive they were breathing everything was alive and there were there were seniors there there were kids flowers typical picturesque nature view and i could feel that their laughter and their emotions were life and they had a life of their own and i instantly as soon as i felt that i was hit with the feeling of knowing there's no pain there there's no misery there's no suffering and I wanted to go. And then that's, that's when they're like, well, we have something else to show you. And instantly I'm in this other place that looks like a, looks like a blueprint. Um, if any of your listeners or you have seen a blueprint with a building drawn on it, that's exactly what it looked like. It was like, I was seeing material reality, but it wasn't real anymore. And I was seeing the structure behind it, the, the energetic structure that formulated or 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 gave the, the code. instruction the code. matter yeah the, yeah the code behind the matrix <laughs> yeah and um so i'm seeing this and they begin they begin with me in like a wagon wheel is like the center of a wagon wheel is all i can describe or medicine wheel and in the center i'm i'm like seeing this and i'm in it so into in the center they're showing me your pure love as you come down into this body and as you go through your life, you're spending your energy to experience reality on an emotional level. You're exchanging energies with people, places, and things. And these are, are contained 
and kind of imprinted or placed in this field. And then this is what helps give you the exchange through your energy centers. And, and they're going, they're showing me a little bit. And they're showing me like a movie screen. And it had all these memories, like all, all around, almost like you're looking at a bunch of TVs, except it was all around me. And then they're explaining to me this extension, this spoke of the wheel is your agreement to co-create um, a reality you're going to live through in your nervous system. That's going to be a reality. You're going to create it and and live it through for whatever it is. Um, but they were keen to speak on the power as a creator and for us to be aware of our connection and how powerful we are and that everything is created through the heart and what you contain in the heart is what's going to create your world and your reality um they spoke about uh i don't know should i touch on energy energy harvesting yeah please ascension um they spoke about a time period on the planet where humanity is going to need to evolve its spirit uh to survive expand uh, into more of a divine higher self-consciousness that breeds more compassion, unity, and oneness rather than separ separation, war, and suffering. Um, they said they would be back for that. And, I, I, you know, I'm like, as I'm watching these memories as I gained access to them and feeling them, I'm like, yeah, you know, I wasn't convinced. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And then sure enough, you know, they came back. So they talked about um, so many different things. They showed me a, a, a file almost. It was like each person held their own personal blueprint. And some, some spiritualists call it Akashic Records. A lot of this, literally, I was thrown into a lot of this as a skeptic <laughs> and had to figure it out. And, and put pieces together. But to me, what they showed was that we were a lot like a computer and our subconscious mind will store programs that we do not process or, or filter or express. And it also gets stored in conjunction with our cellular memory. That's the physical link. So it's working between the two. Um, so they showed me this imprint or blueprint that was contained in the quantum field, for lack of a better word. I'm sure it's called something we don't understand, but they told me uh, everybody has this imprint. It's perfect. It's the image of God you were made in, the image of your creator. It's always here for you. It's like a fail safe. You have to claim it with your heart and your free will, and you have to want it and allow it to integrate with you. And as you identify yourself as this and you integrate, this is your healing, this is your rising, this is all the things that you seek to fill yourself in the world with this will fill you with um so they were, they were definitely strong to have me understand that and and understand it on a technical level they're like look at your inputs and outputs and the type of data you have in your system what you're digest inputting what you're placing out of you because energy is going to cycle through your system but you don't have to attach it to the outside world, right? You don't have to attach that to the outside world, even if it's cycling. They were strong to preach, you are the identity of love. 
as an energy having a human experience. You have no label. And this freed me as, as I began to believe it and embody it. It freed me from the need to people please, the need for approval, um, to seek all these things that I sought in my childhood when I identified myself as that. And it's a process to allow yourself to believe it. Let me just stop you for a second. Is this all happening in this first near-death experience when you were four? This was mostly everything from my first death, yeah. So my first near-death. So how did you process this? Were you still looking through the eyes of a four-year-old or something different? No, I wasn't able to until I was in like my 30s. That's when they came back. The voice came back. And then that's when everything opened in my head and I oh. was able to access what had happened. Oh, so in other words, when you were four, this was all kind of downloaded into the back of your head, if mm -hmm. you will, and you just held on to it. You didn't remember any of this? I, I, as hard as I tried to remember, like I was saying in the beginning, I knew something happened that, that wasn't normal, but I couldn't remember what. It's like trying to remember what you had for breakfast last night. Or a dream. Or a dream last yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah, dream. Uh, exactly. So the second near death was when I flipped. I wouldn't say it was a, a, uh, a clinical, like, the last one but it was really bad oh but real um, quick I real went, quick on that last one did you leave how did you come back i was i just woke up and i had toys and you just were just like kind of sucked back in yeah it was like gone back in and woke Got up it. and had toys after they had given me all this education about energy harvesting about beings that exist in realms that we can't see that are just made up of this energy and they want to survive so they're going to cycle through humanity humanity and push them into a lower I want to keep them in a lower state of being got it well like humanity not being aware of it ascension they also taught me about the trinity uh being a circuit of energy three points that we can connect to form a field around us and have ourselves expand so it was like they gave me a lot of the technical stuff behind things and i didn't really have the religion i i wasn't raised religious i never went to church so as i'm experiencing this um and it's starting to come out a second time when i'm in my 30s so this is when it really gets crazy you could say um i had that car accident i'm unconscious i go in for surgery i wake up i want to leave and I, I don't know why but i had to get out of there um i hadn't had any medication yet or anything so I was like, I'm leaving. And sure enough, as I had this overwhelming anxiety, I mean, the worst I've ever had in my life, and I didn't have anxiety. All of a sudden, this peace hits me. And it, from head to toe, it's like somebody wrapped me in a burrito of love. And there was the voice again. And it said, Stephen, you were in an accident. Everything's going to be all right. And I was like, holy, you know, I don't want to swear in your show. But I instantly recognized the voice. And then all of a sudden, that's when all these visions started, all these energies passing through me. It was like something had opened up and the false part of me was now creating polarity with that higher energy. And I was beginning to alchemize and transmute. And I didn't really understand it uh, in order to integrate this other energy into my system. So I went back to work, started to hear people's thoughts. I started to like laugh out loud, start crying, um, just crazy psychic stuff. I went, I went to lunch break one day 
and I walked into a store and I had witnessed something happen. I, I won't ever forget this. Kid standing in line asked his father if he could get something and then he went back in line and then he did it again. And I remember it being the same exact and like that was weird. That And he didn't have a second one. He only asked for one. So I went back into my car. I start the car and they're talking to a woman on the radio and she won a contest. They're talking about the answer, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, click. The phone's ringing on the radio, and it's the woman, and they're asking her the question. And I'm like, I just heard this. I know the answer. So at that moment, I considered checking myself into the hospital. Uh, I started to go to every church I could find, uh, no matter the denomination, to see who I could talk to. How do you not know? And I instantly knew there's a war, a spiritual war for our energy going on, for our emotions. And then that was the real goal here. And I'm talking to these people and trying, how do you not know this is going on? It was like I could feel it so intently and I had such a passion about it. Um, my feelings towards all these people sort of, okay, having her earth experience, but not being able to free themselves from it and being kept down and just all this stuff I wasn't aware of. Um, of course, quantum physics. I'm talking about quantum physics all the time. God. Never went to school, never went to church. So my family wanted me to see a shrink. They kind of, you know, black sheeped me. And it was good. It was what I needed because I needed to break away to start activating my neural pathways, rewiring my brain, neuroplasticity, and begin connecting that to this image and strengthen that and, and the knowing in myself uh, so that I could give people whatever I, I had, whatever I learned. So when you went back the second time, this is when all they kind of just reminded you of everything or did you experience something new in there as well? Um, no, it was, it was entirely different. Uh, it was feeling it and walking through it as opposed to at four, of course, I'm not experiencing all these psychic things and spirits and, and all that because I woke up to spirits and silhouettes and energies around me. It was almost like I was getting a glimpse into the field. And to go back to the medicine wheel and projections, I woke up to that as well. And I was, for a brief time, probably about a month, I was able to see my quantum projections moving around in reality. And I was able to see and discern what type of energy they were made out of, whether it was lower or higher. Then conversation began, because at first I thought they were spirits. And it took me a while to figure out, no, this is inside of you. It's not outside of you. And so that's when I began to change my energy and my frequency and my habits and my patterns. And then that expanded. That's when angels came in. Um, and they kind of, I started to realize that's who I sat with in my NDE. Um, they also explained that they were inside every single human being, that nobody's special here, that they're there to access when, uh, when you want to achieve that frequency and kind of integrate. And, and the, they were clear, humanity is both demon and angel. You have a choice. And what we're seeing on the planet today speaks a lot about the charge people are storing within their cellular memory. And it's called neural hijacking. That's the neural neuroscience term. It's when your emotions are so much, they override your rational thought. <laughs> and these people need to discharge that charge, the anger, anxiety, blah, 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 it's all charged.
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And, you know, we see with the acts of humanity today. So they were clear to say you're angel and demon. It's up to you which one to be. But there is, there does seem to be more of a spiritual awakening happening now than ever before. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely being pushed along by energies. And uh, you can definitely feel the polarity on the planet. Of course, subjects and topics. And I think there's so much to learn from contrast. Without contrast, we wouldn't be here. Without contrast, we wouldn't exist as matter, positive, negative. Um, but we need to learn how to process it. And that's the thing we're missing, how to process our own nervous system. And then the things we're storing there as data. Because after a while, you buy a computer at the store, you take it home, runs great for the first year or two. After storage of that data for a few years, it's going to be a little wonky processing. And we have the ability to self-cleanse, self-process all this lower energy out of us. They just don't know it. You know, well, people are coming into it, yes. But I think the rising energies on the planet, um, there's a lot more beings that are coming here to assist through willing, you know, channels to help people with knowledge and just Remember what they are, because you're love already. As soon as you feel that and you embody that, mm. that's your healing. If you can't feel that, then you want to eliminate that doubt. You want to integrate with that, that you are love as the energy, and that's it. So you, you mentioned the quantum field a few times. Can you explain what the quantum field is to people who don't understand it? It's a universal field theory where, where all things uh, kind of exist within this this quantum field um it's not limited by time or space uh to me it took me a while to learn about it it was something i experienced and then had to come into for me i understand it a little differently it's like a, a blueprint it's a building structure that we can send energy to and create our reality um but it's it's known as the universal field theory where all fields exist within the, the quantum field um, up to a zero point. And then when you talk to zero point, you're talking about vacuum energy um, and other quantum mechanics. So, but it's a universal field where all things are tied together. So it seems to me from that explanation that it's kind of like code and you're the programmer of that code and you can kind of create whatever program you want to display the reality that you would want to choose to be. And you're doing this mostly on a subconscious level until you are be made aware of it consciously. And, and that's kind of where the, 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 the seed of an idea like the law of attraction, which has been misunderstood so much. But when that movie, The Secret, came out, it was the beginning of a conversation about this kind of like, co-creation idea at least in a mass way that i can remember is that fair yeah absolutely uh first you need the awareness and then you need the implementation you know and it's like people are becoming more and more aware um to, to bridge the gap what helped for me um was working with others and, and the changes that i could cause in their system and and healing and whatnot was the knowing and I just spent time working with the feeling of the knowing. 
And what I mean by that is humans, people instinctively know water's wet. You know fire's hot. Why don't you know your love? Why don't you know this is healing? And work on bridging the gap between that. So you want to hold that feeling of knowing that this is already finished, no matter what it is you're asking for, fully and eliminate any unbelief until your body feels it. Mind, heart, body. That's the physical. So you want to use your mind and your heart, basically, to complete a signal into the physical, to have your body feel it. And that's when you begin to really magnetize and manifest. Now, in regards to quantum healing, which is something that I've heard a lot of, like quantum uh, integration medicine and, 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 and kind of quantum heal, energy healing, can you kind of talk us through a little bit of what that is and, and how, it can, how can we kind of tap into that? Sure. Um, I can't say what quantum means, uh, quantum healing means for everybody because there's so many practitioners and different things. I can say for me, um, having gone there, I, I, it seemed that it left me with something. And once I was able to uncover that through my own shadow, which was the filter that blocked me and most people's filter that blocks them from what they really are. Um, I was able to generate a charge and then send this charge with my mind to another person, basically sending photons. And photons can be exchanged without any loss of, of distance or time. They're instant. Um, and there's experiments out there, you know, science, real science experiments where they're sending photons to another Quantum entanglement. Yeah, you know, quantum entanglement. Um, So I'm able to generate a large enough charge just because I've really worked on this and purified myself to allow this embodiment. I'm able to generate a large enough charge within my system of love because I know 100% without a doubt that I am that and I know what it feels like. And then with my mind, I can send that to them and then they're their photons, their energy field begins vibrating at that rate of love. Um, But what I'm really doing is imprinting them with their higher self, okay? I'm helping them fire these synapses of love, and now we're creating a structure. That structure is your higher self. That's your identity. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just kind of helping them integrate and embody more of that, and then that as these other energies begin to feel that the charge in cellular memory, the negative charge starts to come together. And this creates what's known as action potential, creates a threshold on the nervous system. The ion gates begin to open, the negative charge begins to come out. And then that's where a lot of our diseases, our illnesses and pain is stored, as well as experiences, um, you know. So quantum to me, it just means instant, you know, instant realization. And speaking of realization, then, you know, I always try to, uh, from the, the the knowledge I've been able to to grab onto throughout my life, I try to, you know, connect things. And as being a host of this show that I talk to so many different people in this field and in multiple fields from quantum, mecha- quantum physicists to, you know, near-death experiences, spiritual teachers, it seems to me that you said something that was really interesting I want to dig into, that the shadow blocks you. Mm-hmm. The shadow is your pain, your fear, your, you know, things you hold on to, all this kind of stuff that you got to work out to be able to see who you truly are. 
when you said that, that sounded to me going through the yogic philosophy uh, of an ascended master, where you, once you release all of that and you become love, you are reminded of who you are and you find quote unquote enlightenment. You are connected to source at that mm -hmm. point. And people like Yogananda or Jesus or Buddha or these kind of people who walk the earth got to that place and understood who they were to be able to then. That's why there was like and Jesus was able to spontaneously heal people. And because he they all became kind of Neo <laughs> in the Matrix. They were able to completely manipulate the environment and things around yeah. them at a level that we can't understand because we're not Neo, but we're all capable of becoming Neo um, from the mm -hmm. Matrix. If you guys haven't seen the Matrix, please go watch it. But um, but is that a fair kind of analogy of what I'm trying to we're kind of I doing? would say, yeah, I say I say most certainly since all atoms and molecules are the same. And the only thing that's different is, is density and frequency. Mm -hmm. I would say they absolutely were restructuring matter since it's not solid. Um, within themselves and within just, others. Yeah, absolutely. And spent many years to really figure themselves out first. And that that's what helped me was putting in the time with myself, spending my days, strengthening my charge. And I learned that if I want to get anywhere, I have to build a charge and I can't keep introducing these lower charges and sending out these lower charges because they're going to keep me in a lower space. So I just wanted to build those higher charges and higher charges. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be all puppies and kittens. It just means treat yourself as a sacred, sovereign being um, and understand and be aware of what you choose as spiritual food. And is that one of the reasons why when you go into nature or you're at the beach or in the waves or... We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Something or around animals, there's this energy that you feel, especially surfers. Surfers call it that high that they feel when they're running with the waves and they're on the beach. There seems to be a charge of energy around the beach, a very healing yeah. energy around the beach, about around being grounded to the ground of the earth. Uh, Japanese uh, culture calls it um, nature bathing, which is a thing where you just walk around nature and just bathe in it. Oh yeah, positive ions. Yeah, right. Is that so? Are we kind of talking in the same uh, similar world? So when I walk out into nature, I have no pain, I have no worries. I am home, and it's because I was in that that zero point, totally unattached. I knew I was part of everything. And that's kind of my aim when I work with myself or people is to bring them to that zero point. Um, but yes, we are a part of that energy. We are made of the same elements, made up of all the same energy. And realizing that brings us back into that rhythm of peace, that rhythm of surrender, acceptance, receiving, and flow. You know, when you, when you try to fight the natural world and humans seem to be the only ones that want to live faster than nature, um, you have hiccups, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. And, and the, 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 the vibration of love is so much higher than the vibration of anger or fear or hate. And, and you could feel it within yourself when you're angry, just sense how you feel. But when you're in love, 
or you like that first puppy love when you when you're a kid or you're around your children or you're around your your significant other the love that you or an animal the love that you feel you feel higher you feel lighter in many ways correct yeah yeah you instinctively know the difference between heavy and light you know it it's just you have to make a choice you know it's like we're not going to get everything we want in this world a real power is what we attach to you know as soon as i attach my identity to this i become it it becomes me and that's why i'm really firm to preach that my only identity is the energy of love i'm having a human experience i may feel these feelings but i am not that feeling itself it will pass through my system and i will reconnect but yeah that heavy and that light is such a difference in density and weight in the quantum emission generated by our thoughts and naturally these thoughts sometimes for us will run in patterns and have us repeating behavior and that pattern has been solidified through a consistent synapse fired over and over and over again but if you connect and you begin to enlighten yourself your nervous system as you say with love because that's enlightening the neural pathways with neurons higher then you can use that charge to command a lot of these old programs from childhood, from, from addiction to behavior out. But you kind of want to connect and embody the charge first. Give yourself time, you know? Everybody needs that time. It's, and also, you said something interesting, too, is like we all go through negative stuff in this world. Uh, bad and good are very, you know, depends on what, your point of view, what's good mm -hmm. and what's bad. But let's just talk about not negative and positive. Negative things that affect us or we perceive to be a, a negatively affecting us. The core of disease and um, all the things that we go through is because we did not cycle through those feelings and that energy. We held on to it. And it's what causes many of the diseases that we're struggling with to this day, where you know medicine tries to heal it, but and they could maybe take care of some of the symptoms, but at a certain point, if you don't take care of the core problem, like, you know, if you're angry about something that happened to you and your kid, you know, I heard that, I heard that from my relatives that like, oh, my, one of my relatives died of cancer and they're like, oh, he was so angry. He like the anger killed him. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of that with clients when they come to me. With, mm -hmm. with cancer because a lot of it is, is stuff to let go you know right. and i it's... believe the energy is what forms these these mutated cells because it's nasty energy man um and when working with people i've been able to feel and, and witness the type of entities that come out of them i had one guy i worked with and he walked, ran around the corner and, and, and started puking black goo like okay that doesn't happen to everybody but this stuff that we embody and we identify with and take on, it's not ours to take on and it's not worth it. A routine on how to cleanse ourselves and it helped me to look at myself a lot like a computer, be mindful of the data, be mindful of the output, um, charge myself, things like that, that helped me. So does that also include the kind of um, media that we intake? whether it be social media or news or negative stuff that comes in. Because after you watch the news, generally speaking, you don't feel good. Um, yeah. Maybe after you watch a comedy, uh, you know, or a sitcom or something that makes you laugh, or you that's a higher energy level. 
than watching the news. Absolutely. Enough. And I go back to the movie Monsters, Inc. If you've ever anybody's ever seen. Oh, it, yeah. Have, yeah, of course. Laughter. Yeah. Fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. powerful movie. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Um, so the movie where the, these monsters come out from under the bed and they harvest the energy of these kids by scaring them. Well, by the end of the movie, they figure out laughter is more powerful. And yeah, for sure. News. Everything we put into our mind is going somewhere. And if, if it's not expressed, because thoughts generate energy. So it's not that, okay, I can't look at the thing. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's when, be aware of yourself when you start to become attached to it, you know, in your emotions. And it's starting to really get passionate about it or things like that. It's okay to, to help and do things. But once you start attaching, again, your identity and your energy to it, now you're asking it for co-creation and to run a cycle with you. As soon as I take this energy and place it outside. Right. So like when you're when you're saying that, you're saying that when we consider ourselves a victim and we play into that role, if you will, that energy, you're asking for the universe, for the quantum field to go, okay, uh, Alex wants to go through this now. So this is what Alex yeah, is going to get. Yeah, you still haven't learned yet. Yeah, he, he wants to go through this, so we're going to let him go through it. Uh, as opposed to an enlightened being, a yogi, if you will, wouldn't even think about these things. And their co-creation is completely different because they understand, they understand the matrix, they understand the code a bit more within themselves, and they understand how to process things. Because when you're human, you still need to, you have an ego. All of oh, us yeah. have, have to deal with ego, regardless of how enlightened or unenlightened you are. It's how you deal with that ego and how you, how you deal with the emotions that come up because you're going to get angry. Maybe, uh, maybe I, I don't know, because I'm not an enlightened being, but when we get to that place where you could Here just, you like, I, I am to, I guess to a certain point, but you know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm an ascended master at this point in my life uh, or in my evolution. But to the point where they just like either laugh it off or ignore it because they just see the ridiculousness of the play that we're all in. We're all actors in this play and they they don't take it seriously, you know, because. Absolutely, of- because, yeah, it's a play. Um, and I hate to say that because when you think about that and I've had these discussions with clients and human suffering and the things that go oh, on. Oh, yeah. Here, oh, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we are the creators of this reality, and we have the responsibility, and we're supposed to be looking after each other like brothers and sisters, and we've had the instructions for thousands of years, so we can't blame God. Um, so I think, for me, the more I embody the belief in holding this energy, and the more I, like, I'll wake up in the morning, and I'll say thank you to every single thing I can think of. You know, I'm not there for 15 minutes or anything, but thank you, God, thank you guides i'm building a charge and as i go out this this stronger charge is what enables me to not be taking into so many things it enables me to just oh okay no process that right out yeah okay hey that was a good insult i like it um that type of deal as opposed to attaching to it and that because if my charge was was more lower i may attach to that and it's going to make me mad so I have to make sure my charge is correct and my state of being. And that should be the most important thing in everybody's life. 
just correct your state of being back to the feeling of love. And you don't need anybody else to do that. You, you have activities, you have so many things you can do to generate this frequency that enlightens your system. But yes, you will be able to handle things a lot easier. And that doesn't say you don't get mad. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. It's just that you're able to process it quicker. The turnaround is quick, put it that way. Yeah, and that's something I've noticed even in my own life where something I would hold on to sometimes weeks or months has, yeah. has, not, has now turned into something that I might process in an hour or in yeah. minutes, you know, where I would hold on and it would ruin my day or ruin my week when I was younger. Now, it, you know, you're just like, and it kind of processes through you and it's not perfect and you're not supposed to be perfect. We're all learning. This is a school. We're all really just trying to trying to figure it all out as we walk through. And that's, again, one of the reasons why I do this show is because as much as I'm trying to show everybody else watching this show, I'm learning myself on how to walk the path for me. And for, and you're, we're learning how to walk the path for you and what you're here to do and so on. But Absolutely. I want to leave as love. We came as love. We want to have an experience with all the emotions because no good story can be told with all highs. So you want to have it all. And then you want to return as love. And I think that's the idea. Well, the other thing is that, you know, you said that no good story has all highs. Well, that's true. And, and, and if we look at the structure of story, because I come from Hollywood and I've worked in the business for a long time and I understand story structure, without conflict, there's no story. You need conflict in order to make the story go without an obstacle for the hero or the heroine to overcome. It's boring. If they're mm -hmm. just like home run, home run, home run, home run, home run, you know, after the first two, you're just like, dude, it's just nothing. But when you like, oh, give him a limp, uh, give him uh, he's he's dealing with alcohol abuse and his wife left them. And, you know, if he doesn't hit this, if he doesn't hit this one, he's going to get back, sent back to the miners and all this stuff in that baseball analogy I just threw out yeah, is, perfect. is all these things that make it more interesting. Then it is just like, oh, and they just, draw, yeah, they draw you in like the human heart, you know, because you're because you're drawn into it. So with that said, then, and this is where the difficult part for people listening has to come in, is that without those negative things that happen to us in life, we cannot grow. If in other words, if I know how to hit a baseball, a fastball, sorry for everybody who doesn't know baseball, there's two different pitches I want to talk about here. A baseball gets thrown and you hit it with a bat. If I learn how to hit a fastball and every single time someone throws a fastball, no matter where it is, I can hit a home run. It gets boring after a while. But the second someone throws me a curveball for the first time, I, I swipe, I strike out. I now need to learn how to hit that ball, that adversity, that thing, that challenge. But with life, things that go, you know, things that are horrific like abuse, like, uh, you know, uh, the alcoholism or, or drug, you know, drugs or things like that, or addiction that you have to deal with, or neglectful parents, or being beat up or being bullied, or all these things that are so horrible are part of this process. And it's hard for people to understand that. Is that, do you, I'm sure you've run into Yeah, I, I will try to make it easier for them. It's data. 
that's all it is is energy and data and when you come into a certain uh space within yourself where you uh are more aligned and you're able to look at it it's it's wisdom it becomes wisdom and you wouldn't be where you are without those challenges without my challenges i wouldn't be sitting here talking to everybody here and uh Same here. be on the show i wouldn't be helping people you know if it wasn't for the stuff that i went through i wouldn't have done the show i wouldn't have wanted to try to help people avoid a lot of the pitfalls that i fell into you know it's it's i think it's a mechanism of growth too because as you're growing up you know you're not going to have that reflective consciousness you're not going to have that awareness you're just living life and so once you get to another point you're able to have that reflection you know it, it, there's a, a guest that i had which is such an amazing story and and i think is really a, a really appropriate for what we're talking about she was young she was in college and she was raped by a group of guys and she decided to at that moment forgive them they caught the guys did not press charges did not do anything they were let free because she forgave them because she understood at that point if i hold on to this this is going to kill me mm -hmm. so she let go of it 20 years later one of the guys that raped her ran into her and he'd become a police officer because he was so distraught at what he had done and he was so touched by what she did for him that he's like i'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to saving people and helping people wow i get chills saying that story yeah i had to go up my leg <laughs> yeah like it's it's such a powerful story and when she was on the show she was just she's like yeah and then i was you know gang raped and this and i'm like i'm sorry but slow down for a second what did you say because that's how she just she had no connection to it and now she's a doctor as well and she helps people but that lesson is so powerful it is exactly what jesus said this is exactly yeah. what all these ascended masters and, masters. and i think they make the greatest stories too because know, of taking choosing the people like us man it's such a fascinating idea but so for people listening who are going through tough times you know you can choose to get yourself out of it in in as much as it might be difficult to be out of it there's always a choice you know if you're in an abusive relationship like i was for a little a while when i was younger uh with a mobster which is a whole other story um you choose to leave and you and you could take the but there's always a choice and you could figure out a way to get out of it if you truly want to get out of it and learn from it and grow from it and forgive the people and the things that are happening to you do that because it's going to be so much easier on you if unless if you're holding on to all that anger and pain you're just hurting yourself it's it's one of those famous quotes from i don't know some famous sage somewhere is like when you hate someone it's like you're drinking poison because yeah. you're not hurting them with your hate there's always two people involved man that's why the masters are like forgive and if you can't forgive what i try to do is forgive the experience okay it happened it's in the past i forgive whatever was involved i don't make it personal um but yeah and so what without so that without that energy that contrast it wouldn't transform us in a different way and that's the point of this whole thing, because on the other side, there is no contrast. And people, you know, the more you spend time connecting to your creator, to who you are, and however you recognize it, doesn't have to be in anybody's way, but it should reflect love. 
then the easier it is to move forward with those decisions of growth because the only thing that's never going to change is change. So <laughs> you want to enable yourself to kind of go with it uh, and embodying that energy and strengthening your, your connection, using your, your neural pathways, connecting to love as an energy is what's going to help you stay out of those situations as well as move out of them. Do you have any other advice for people listening on how they can kind of tap into that quantum field, whether it be with breath work, whether it be with, you know, certain things that you can do on a personal standpoint to connect more to that? I mean, I, I meditate very mm -hmm. heavily and I feel that I connect to those things. Like you recharge when you meditate. Like there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a building of charge when you meditate. Uh, yep. And I, I, and that's even, what you're after. Right. And I feel it too. Sometimes like, man, I got, I got to I got to take an hour. I got to go. I just got to go because I'm just waiting. And then when I get done with a deep meditation, I feel. You're like, ah, I feel oh, better. Yeah. I feel better. Uh, I'm the it. same way, dude. Like I know exactly when I need to go out in nature and exactly when I need to do this. I'm a big advocate. And yes, breath, breath work is super important. Drawing that energy up, imagining it like a tree expanding into your chest as you're commanding your consciousness okay i'm a big advocate of taking control of this space and nothing being outside of me so i will speak to any energies that are in me whether it's a disease and i'm saying this for people disease ailment injury any lower energy i will speak directly to and it will obey me because i have the charge to make it so so i will speak to my cellular memory i command you know all cellular memory to come together as one because it's spread out in all of our cells. You want it to come together. And this starts to create alchemy and polarity. And then you tell it directly, you know, it could be, I just worked with somebody who had cancer yesterday. We we're speaking to the cancer directly. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. You are no longer welcome here. All your frequencies, all your energies, all your densities are now bound not only to the Christ, but the law of one, the singularity of love. Um, so we're kind of, because that exists within us, we're trying to tie everything together there to allow his system to heal. And as we're doing this, he's having spasm in his stomach as these, these charges are beginning to come together. So speaking that these lower energies are no longer welcome, taking that space and making it sacred in your mind and then feeling it in your body. Because when you feel this is my sacred space and you start to look at it that way, you embody it. You no longer allow the stuff you used to allow possibly. And you also no longer create the things you used to create. You also gain awareness by embodying this energy and all these other things. Um, speaking to your injuries, speaking to your ailments, to leave firmly, and then working on knowing that they're gone. The same way you know the dog needs to go out, the same way you know water's hot, fire's wet, and make it simple. And once you complete that with your mind, your heart, and your body is able to feel that, then you're healing. So commanding, I'm a big, big advocate of speaking. And everything you just said, essentially, at the basic, at the basic, the basic level is the placebo effect in many ways. If you believe, yeah, you're yeah. going to be healed, you get healed, and, and regardless of any other woo-woo spiritual 
stuff that we might be talking about, the placebo effect still, the medical community doesn't understand it. They don't like it. It doesn't fit in their box, but yet it is an extremely powerful, powerful tool in healing, but you need to have a belief in it. So it's the and, mind. It's the mind. And mind-heart coherence. You want to practice mind-heart coherence exercise because you have a quantum generator in your chest. You can generate quantum energy, but you want to connect your mind to it and witness how powerful you are. Um, my friend, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm going to ask you a few questions I ask all my guests. Um, what is your definition of living a good life? Living a good life to me would be would be feeling light and in and, and a state of being of unattached bliss. And I'm, I think I'm able to do that for most of the time. It doesn't matter to me the possessions. It doesn't matter to me the money. I don't care. I care that my state of being is love and I feel clean. What is your definition of God? My definition of God is everything, all things, but also a creative power that can mirror our will and what we want to create, both positive or negative, in embodiment and physicality. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? I think for me to just leave clean, I can't speak for anybody else. I would say for me to leave whole and clean and leave no pieces behind. And when they think of me, you know, whether it be clients or Quesler, I want them to think of how I brought them to him, uh, uh, to, to their Christ that exists within their heart. And uh, where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing, Stephen? Uh, you can reach me through trinityquantumhealth.com. Uh, you can also email me at trinityhealingreiki at gmail.com. Uh, I started off as a Reiki practitioner. so And then as I got more into it, who I was, I'm here. And do you have any final words for our audience? Uh, yeah, just go out there and be loved. Have your authentic expression. Nobody else needs to give you approval for that. As long as it's not harming anyone, be yourself and, and show people that they're also safe to do so. My friend, I appreciate you sharing your, your journey with us and for the work that you're doing to help people around the world, my friend. Thank you again so, so much. Steve. Thank you. I want to thank Steve so much for coming on the show and sharing his story with all of us. Thank you, Steve. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 223. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.